It's time for the 2 o'clock show. Featuring Matthew Clock, Tim Clock. Welcome to the first 2 o'clock show of 2021. This is, this is episode 18, in case you're interested or keeping track or or didn't know what you were listening to somehow or whatever, or confirming that I wonder if this is episode 18 that I picked. Yes, it is. This is episode 18. Is this episode that says episode 18 really episode 18? That is the question. The world may never know. Anyhow, welcome to 2021. Uh, most people are glad to have 2020 behind them. I'm not too sure that 2021 is going to be any better, but hey, here we are. And we're glad to be here. We're glad that you're with us. We're glad that you're listening to this. We hope that you will enjoy it, that you will tell your family and friends about this show. And like we always say, if you don't like the show, then tell your enemies about this show and make them listen to it. Today's episode has been brought to you in part by Warren's Waffle World. Come to Warren's Waffle World with wildly wonderful waffles whipped up while you wait. Welcome to the life and times of Elvira Gulch. In a short recap, last time we had Marshall Dillard aboard the train heading towards Moose Jaw Meadow after jumping aboard in search of Eli Stump, also known as Liam Seamus, the cousin of the notorious Seamus brothers who tried to blow up Marshall Dillard and Deputy Buford as they were enjoying a sarsaparilla in the Elvira Gulch Saloon. The confused Deputy Buford and his brave horse Mortimer galloped off a cliff and dropped 500 feet into the Elvira River. Meanwhile, Marshal Dillard finds Liam Seamus aboard the train. A shootout ensues and Liam Seamus jumps from the top of the train 500 feet down into the Elvira River. We find Marshal Dillard arriving on the train at the station in Moose Jaw Meadow. Deputy Buford and Mortimer were found waiting at the station. Well now, how in tarnation? The river was full of fish, Marshal. We ended up just outside Moose Jaw Meadow, so we rode up to the train station and waited. Well, did you see Liam? Liam? I thought he was on the train. He was? Well, the crazy fool jumped off the train into the river to avoid being taken alive. Oh, so that's who he was. Who who was? The man we saw floating in the river. What? He was alive? Sure. We asked him what he was doing. He said he was swimming the Moose Jaw Meadow because he couldn't afford a train ticket. And you believed him? Why not, Marshal? Train tickets cost a lot of money. Well, what do you say about you and Mortimer being in the river? Well, he said that we must not be able to afford train tickets neither, and that I was lucky because horses float good. Well, did, did he get out of the river at Moose Jaw Meadow? Yep. And he didn't recognize him? Doesn't Liam have that big hat? Well, I mean, usually, but... He wasn't wearing no hat, and he was all wet. Look, never mind. We, we have to search all around town now. We only have one horse, too. Now, here's my last silver dollar. Go get your brave horse some feed and go put yourself in the Thomas Hotel across the street there. 
I'll ride the train back to Elvira Gulch and look for my brave horse, Cracky Thunder. And then ride back the long way around the gorge. I'll get money in town, ride back here, then we'll resume the search for Liam. Well, here's my pistol and ammo in case you run into Liam, alright? Yours got soaked in the river. I'll resupply with guns and whatnot back in town. Deputy Buford settles in at the Thomas Hotel and Marshall Dillard boards the train headed to Elvira Gulch. Everything's just fine until the conductor checks for tickets as the train nears the Elvira Gorge Bridge again. Tickets, please. Uh, hey, I I'm Marshall Dillard. I'm going back to Elvira Gulch uh, to resupply. We're in search of a fugitive here in town. Is that right then? Where's your badge? Where's your gun? Well, see, I, I had to give them to my deputy. He's staying in town right now because he lost his in the river. Sure you did. Come on with me. Here's here's what we do to people who sneak aboard with no ticket. No, no, really. Sir, I, I'm Marshal. You, you can check in the Elvira Ghost one. Yeah, you. sure. You can, no, 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 no. Marshal Dillard is mistaken for a vagrant and is thrown off the train and falls 500 feet into the Elvira River. Listen next time when we hear Deputy Buford say, What's taking Marshal Dillard so long? On the life and times of Elvira Gulch. You're listening to the Tool Chaos News Network with breaking news. Welcome to the Tool Chaos News Network. Breaking news. Franz von Schnickel of Dinosaur Manufacturing Limited is sought by the police. Dinosaurs sold to customers from his business have escaped and are on a rampage in the city. If you do happen to see Franz von Schnickel, please do report him to the police. And now we're going to go live to Weevil County, Alabama, where there is currently a dinosaur rampage in progress. Yes, it was a quiet neighborhood normally, and suddenly a T-Rex escaped from Elmer Luzinski's backyard. And as you can imagine, um, it has caused quite a stir. You may be able to hear him there in the background. Um, we're trying to keep our distance because he does not look happy at all. Yes, we can hear those dinosaurs causing a rampage. It sounds like quite the destruction is going on. How close do you suppose the police are, or even the military are, to containing the situation? Uh, not even close. We, we are about a block away from this dinosaur. Um, he seems to be kind of uh, maintaining his, his uh, location at the moment. He's almost like guarding his own territory. It's, it's strange, but he won't let anyone near the house. And are those tanks we can hear approaching in the background? It sounds like military vehicles. Yes, we have several military vehicles, helicopters, tanks, trucks, uh, so forth coming in. Uh, they've been asked not to open fire, as seen as this is a endangered species, even though it's some, something recently created by uh, dinosaur manufacturing. But uh, nonetheless, it is an endangered species, so they do not want to cause any harm unless necessary and from what we understand this is just one of many cases where the dinosaur has gotten loose we've had four reports just today from different states and a couple of foreign countries that have purchased uh, dinosaurs from mr von schnickel uh, he 
he seems to be heading our way. Uh, we understand that there are people from Alabama Fish and Game who are going to try to tranquilize uh, this animal and try to subdue him without causing any bodily harm. But as you can hear, he is heading our way and the ground is shaking with each step. We're going to have to probably clear out since we don't really want to end up on the menu for a T-Rex. So we're going to jump in the van and take off and we'll go back to you in the station. Alright, thank you. This has been Breaking News on the 2OKS News Network. This program is brought to you in part by Franz. Fancy fans from France. The next time you need to cool down on a hot day... Remember, friends, fancy fans from France. And now, once again, it is time for... Neville Pilkington, Space Cadet. Last time on Neville Pilkington, Space Cadet, our intrepid space explorers were inside the giant space whale with Cap'n Hardbiscuit, and they were being sucked into a black hole, but they were able to slingshot around it, but they came face to face with an armada of hostile-looking alien ships. They tried in vain to try to contact these alien ships. Well, that that response from those ships didn't sound uh, terribly friendly. Warning, alien ships have begun approach. Uh, perhaps we can give the intergalactic call of peace. All right, let's try that. Uh, uh, Captain Hardbiscuit, uh, would you mind uh, sending, do, do you have that aboard your, your space whale? I maybe that I do. I may have to have such things aboard. Even though it's a geotemporal uh, vortex facilitator, I also do have equipment for space travel out here. So let's be trying to get a hold of these swabs and, and see if we can avoid any altercations here. Transmitting Intergalactic Call of Peace. approach at attack speed. I don't think those are warning shots neither. Alright. Warning. Multiple hole breaches detected. Why don't we maybe perhaps move towards the homium? Just in case? They're still firing on us! Hey, matey. Let me check your damages here. What's, what's the control panel say? Warning. HB2 has sustained critical damage. Aft, tail, and fleet decks have been destroyed. She seems to be taking an awful lot of damage there, Captain. Doesn't your ship have shields? Uh, no, matey. That's one thing I didn't be thinking about. I, I was more interested in the time travel, per se. Uh. Warning. Multiple hole breaches detected. We're, we're getting some pretty severe damage there, Captain. Um, 
wouldn't it be wise if we maybe moved into the homium uh, just in case? Warning. Each B2 has sustained critical damage. Status irreparable. Recommend abandoned ship. Well, I guess there you squid. I hate to be abandoned me well after all these years of traveling to space. Critical damage to systems. Total system failure, 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 failure. I hate to say it, but I think your whale's been harpooned. Okay, let's all climb aboard now. Watch your head, Captain. Oh, that be a little door there, baby. You forgot to manual control on the stability assist module again. Uh, sorry, son. I'm kind of flustered here. I'm trying to get out of this, this whale in one piece. Well, it looks like my whale is about done for, mateys. There, there's a gaping hole. I think your ship here is just about to fall right out of the whale there through that hole there, matey. Uh, hang on. We're going to just try to blast out of here and try to outrun this armada. I don't see any indication that anyone followed us. Maybe they didn't see us go through the through all the, the wreckage. We have to slow down a bit. We weren't able to use the Astromare computer before our burst of speed. I don't want to fly into a, a star or an asteroid or something. Warning. Local proximity to planetary body. Is that... That can't be Earth. It looks an awful lot like it, son. It, it seems larger than, than our Earth, though. Our intrepid explorers, Cap'n Hardbiscuit, Neville, and Biff, arrive at a planet that looks very much like their home planet Earth. Let's scan it with our instruments here and see if it's it's habitable for for us to to possibly explore. Scanning, analyzing atmosphere composition. Atmosphere composition approximately seventy six point eight percent nitrogen, twenty three point two percent oxygen. Hmm. Planetary temperature of nearest area on planet surface is approximately seventy four degrees Fahrenheit. Gravity measurements indicate approximately 1.12 times that of Earth's gravitational pull. Everything I'm getting back indicates that the oxygen levels and so forth are, are conducive to our survival. Well, let's go down and investigate. Perhaps there's a place we can set up and maybe get some food. I may I be getting a bit pickish there myself. Listen next time to Neville Pilkington, Space Cadet. Today's episode has also been brought to you in part by Christie's Candy and Military Surplus. Come on down and get you a sucker and a grenade. It's a two-for-one special. Come on down for a sweet tooth and trigger-happy, satisfying deals. You can get a jawbreaker and a tank buster. You can get super bubble and an assault rifle, and you can gum and gun at the same time. 
Get you some poppin' fizz candy and you can get a rocket launcher and have an explosion in your mouth and in the field in front of you at the same time. And if you're in the market, you can get an armored personnel carrier and on your long trip, you can stop with candy here from Christie's Candy and Military Surplus. And now it's time for Science of the Mind with Dr. Eustace Strottlemeyer. This is the phone-in segment of our show today where we'll have guests phone in and get advice from Dr. Strottlemeyer. Today's discussed phobia is neoanophobia, the fear of the new year. We do have Dr. Strottlemeyer on the line already. Uh, thank you, young man, and a happy new year to you all. And to you. Now, I realize that the new year is not happy for everyone because of them having this uh, disorder of neoanophobia, the fear of the new year. Well, we see that our, uh, our panel is lighting up already with people calling in with uh, questions, hopefully, for Dr. Eustace Strottlemeyer about this perplexing neo-anophobia that many seem to suffer through at the beginning of each year. Okay, going to line one. Hello, welcome to Science of the Mind with Dr. Eustace Strottlemeyer. You're live on the air. Uh, is this Louis Pizza? <sighs> I want pizza. It, I called on New Year's Eve and I'm still waiting. I never got my pizza. Going to line two. Hello, welcome to Science of the Mind with Dr. Eustace Strottlemeyer. You're live on the air. Hi. Is this, this, this science of the mind? Why, yes it is, young man. Uh, 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 how may we be of assistance? Well, I've been hiding since New Year's Eve. I'm, I'm terrified of, of the new year. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm afraid to come out of my house. Yes, it can be very concerning uh, at the beginning of each year with the uncertainty of, of what is going to occur in the upcoming year, but none of us really knows from day to day uh, what's going to occur. Um, so the best thing to do is, is take the year head on and face it bravely as, as you can and just live your life day to day as each of us need to do. Yes, and um, I would just personally like to, to since you're our first caller, to wish you a happy new year. What? Uh, I guess I messed that one up, huh? I, yeah, fear of new year. I, that, uh, that didn't go over too well, huh? No. Anyway, going to line three. Hello, welcome to Science of the Mind with Dr. Eustace Strottlemeyer. You're live on the air. Hey, yo, this is stupid. Who's afraid of New Year, you know what I'm saying? Well, uh, we do not like to poke fun at the the shortcomings of, of our fellow man. Uh, yeah, but you, you, you're stupid, too. It's stupid to be scared of the New Year, you know what I'm saying? I ain't scared of nothing. Uh, I'm sure that's true, sir. Uh, have a, a happy New Year to you. Okay, let's try another line here. Going to line four. Hello, welcome to Science of the Mind with Dr. Eustace Strottlemeyer. You're live on the air. Am I really live? Yes. What is it to be alive? Not dead. Does anyone really know? Can we know? Are you alive? Is this all an illusion? Wait. I 
hear the mothership. I must go. So long. Well, that was extremely different, wasn't it? I, I mean, I would be surprised, but honestly, at this point, I'm not. I mean, look, I mean, this is our show. What, what do you expect, you sure. know, these days? Okay, going to line five. Hello, welcome to Science of the Mind with Dr. Eustace Strottlemeyer. You're live on the air. Why is the new year in December and not like at like the end of another month or something? Why are there only 12 months in a year? And why are there only 52 weeks? Why are the months of like the same length of, the, of, of each other? Because it's confusing. Like some are only 32 or 31 or something. I can't count. Some are like 28 every now and then. Then there's leap year. What's that about? Why don't we have like a year that's actually a year long instead of almost a year long so we don't have to have a leap year? Then we could just have a normal year and people don't have to be confused. And who decided the names of the months? Why don't we have more months or less months? Why don't we call them like month one and month two instead of January and February? I don't understand this. What even is a new year? Why did we have to decide that there's a new year? Why can't we have like a really long non-ending year? I mean, this is all, I mean, it all seems kind of weird, you know, when you think about it. Uh, I, I tell you, young man, uh, why don't you stay on the line and we will patch you through to Larry. Uh, he will get you an almanac and possibly, uh, that will answer your many questions for you. And who says a day of the week has to be seven days? And who named the days of the week? Why can't a day be like eight days or nine days or a hundred days? Why can't a week and a month be the same thing? Why do they have to be different? Okay, we're going to patch you through to Larry now. Uh, have a great day, sir. And a happy new year. Why don't we have like... Okay, well that looks like that's it for Science of the Mind with Dr. Eustace Strottlemeyer. Thank you for listening, everyone. And now, as we end this particular podcast... Uh, what we thought we might do is leave in our dumpster, and in case you're not familiar with the dumpster, that's the, the nickname we have lovingly given to our geotemporal vortex facilitator. That is our, our machine, which can travel not only in space, but time. Uh, we can go to any location in the, the universe, pretty much, and go to that location in any time of our choosing. And we thought what we might do is leave in our dumpster, and as we go, we're just going to zing off in space and time, and you'll have to tune in next time to see where we go and when we go. So, uh, ready to push those buttons? You got it all set? Uh, yep. Alrighty. Well, we better close this door good and tight. We don't want to get sucked out and be lost in space and time. That would make it kind of difficult to record our next uh, podcast. Be sure to listen next time for the 2 o'clock show to find out where we go.